all my school books are full of sketches and drawings and and uh, everyone made a bit fun of me. I was a bit the the nerdy guy who lived for his his design passion. Welcome to another episode of Partners in Time. My name is Paul Ripke. I'm a photographer, podcaster, storyteller. I do a fashion label and mainly I'm a watch lover. And that's one of the reasons why I'm the special host of this podcast. Like Christoph Granger, the CEO of IWC, is going to talk to successful and inspiring personalities about their life and about their visions. I'm going to try to talk to the people behind the brand at IWC, at the watchmaking industry. I hope we're going to discover the secret behind IWC watches and the heritage behind the brand. Let's talk to an expert now. Let's dive deeper. My name is Paul Ripke. Welcome to another episode of Partners in Time. And here we are. Christian, how are you today? I'm, I'm wonderful. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So the, the first, I know you since 2009. We worked together. We're going to talk about this. I have a couple of questions about these great, especially about the last day, to be honest. Like we had one extra day, which we kind of used to, I would say, uh, yeah, spa a little bit. <laughs> We're going to talk about this at the end. But first, what do you do at IWC? What's your job? What's your job description? What, what's on your business card? On my business card, there there's written creative director, but in in fact, I'm looking after all all design and visual aspects of the RBC Schaffhausen brand. So we are really working 360 degrees uh, with with product with the product at the heart of the of everything we do. But we are also looking onto all other visual expressions of the brand, be it be it print material, advertising, photography, films. Um, architecture visual merchandising so so we really try to 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 build a consistent image of the brand and and as we are iwc we also try to to reinvent ourselves every year with every new launch and and uh and and create a new aesthetic universe around that launch That's quite interesting for me because I'm you know I worked as a photographer I'm doing this for 15 years and videographer but to be Totally fair. I've never seen any other client or customer or, or yeah, brand that is like this working. Normally, brands hire ad agencies and they do the creative job. Why is that different? In, in you know, Because the way we work together and the way we talked about it last year when we met at Formula One, you're not only designing the watches, you're also designing the story of the watches, right? Yes, yes, we do. Why? Yeah, because we we believe that that actually we have a have a good understanding of our brand. We have we have amazing people here in in the headquarters, and and there's there's so much creativity and and so much vision, so that we believe that we can develop this vision ourselves. And uh, for sure, here and there, we need we need some support. We need some creative support from film directors, from photographers. Here and there, also, we involve agencies. But but the, the, the design vision, the strategic and creative vision still remains with us. And could I sum up that you do storytelling as well? Because that's what, like, I'm now talking a lot about me and myself trying to tell stories. Is that what you do as a brand with the watch stories at the end? 
I mean, that's that's probably our, our second passion next to next to watchmaking and and uh, be, being craftsmen at heart. We we we're storytellers. I mean, we have a very emotional product. The the mechanical watch as such lives not only from the physical quality of the of the product uh, itself and and all the functional uh, capabilities, but it also lives of the the story you can tell with it and this is this is uh, stories that are related to our brand history it's related to to craftsmen it's is related also to to people and famous wearers of these watches and that's also related to people that work with us that that buy our products that that leverage our products in in different ways so this this delivers basically the stories we are telling and uh, these stories really vary by theme by collection and and uh, by by launch year and this really is part of the fun and part of the excitement working for such a such a brand like RBC How long do you do that like how do you, how long do you work well, with RBC almost, almost 13 years now incredible what? <laughs> yeah that's, that's never never, never expected that so you're you start <laughs> how, how did you end up over there like what's what's your background you are german right i'm, I'm german i'm i'm, I'm yeah. trained as a as an industrial designer so uh, i'm coming from the rhine area close to dusseldorf and cologne okay and uh, so i i studied industrial design in essen in in the ruhr area Okay. And, uh, That's a good university for that, right? Yeah, it was like, one of the few universities with a, with a design program back then. Um, everything else was on uh, on different levels. So, so the the university in Essen had had quite a long long tradition in in design and and different design studies. So I, I really enjoyed that. And after that, I I joined a couple of of agencies. In, in industrial design, product design, and, and also brand consultancy. And uh, I worked for companies like Fork Design. Everyone knows Hartmut Esslinger and what, what he did. And this was an amazing time. And I, I worked for, for big teams like, like uh, Philips Design in Amsterdam, uh, working on, on very different products. And I sometimes say for fun, I, I designed almost everything except watches and cars. So I... I literally uh, did did furniture, industrial products, uh, even aircraft interiors. So, so yeah, I really like like designing things. That's that's my my life and my passion. How does that work? I'm like the the 16 year old Christian. When did you realize you have an interest in design? Actually, it started much earlier. I, I was probably 10 or 12 that I that I knew that I wanted to become a designer. Um, okay. And I, I was I was really doing a lot of sketching uh, at home, sketching all kinds of products, uh, uh, drawings, uh, and and also building stuff with my hands. And uh, so so this was really my my passion and and my thing. I didn't even know or know a designer or an architect really in the personally probably one of the heroes of my childhood was was, was a guy like uh, luigi colani i mean he, he okay. was a kind of of super designer he, he just designed everything i mean that's that's what really amazed me he he, he was obviously a, a guy with a very different style but but his bold approach uh, to say okay i'm a designer i i look at the world with different eyes and i can contribute to make things look better and uh, contribute to things to 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 shape the future. And this is what I really liked. 
It's super interesting. So it started very young. What did your parents do? Like, do you uh, have a background my, in that? Or? No, my father was an engineer. Uh, okay. my, my mother was an art teacher, a, a school teacher. Oh, so okay. maybe maybe that that was quite logic also to to go into this uh, in this area uh, for for work uh, and but but in the end they they were always very skeptical about um, uh, the the profession as a designer uh, but but they supported me and um, yeah in the end uh, uh, many, many things I, I I did with my hands also building stuff I learned from my father. And uh, prior prior to my studies, I, I did a, a training as a carpenter. So I'm I have a background in 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 as a craftsman. So okay. this also what what linked me with IWC and 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 working with the watchmakers. And uh, that's obviously a different different type of work. But the 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 passion doing something with your hands, having attention for detail and and passion for making beautiful things is the same. So in that sense, I could very much, uh, um, yeah, link link myself with with a, with a watchmaking brand like RWC and the products we do. Do you think kids are all designers? I mean, I'm I'm honest with you. I probably was a designer at nine. Because I, I draw like planes and stuff, and then I was not good at it, you know. So, so the older you get, the the less designy you get. Like, you don't have a blank page where you just start with your imagination. Um, how do you like like what's been the moment where you realized I should keep doing this? That this is really good what I'm doing. Yeah, because I, I was almost a bit of a kind of design nerd because most of my, my friends looked at me and said, okay, I mean, you are really crazy. You, you spend all your time at school. I was not very good at school, but I really just passed my school education, uh, my exams uh, to to get into my job as a designer. So all, all my school books are full of sketches and drawings and and uh, everyone made a bit fun of me. I was a bit the the nerdy guy who lived for his his design passion and and uh, for me, this was also a bit of a proof point to say, okay, even if no one no one around me can you relate to this, I still believe in myself and I want to yeah live that that passion of 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 creating and designing things. Super, super interesting. Do you, like, now you design watches for 12 years. You do design stories as well, as I would call it. But in your free time, when you're like, it's Sunday afternoon, do you still design other stuff? Because <laughs> you miss, like, planes or no, cars? No, fun, or? Funny, funny enough, uh, I, I don't. Um, uh, I, I don't find the time to do, to design other things. But one of the, the projects, which is still a, a kind of dream project for me, is to design a boat. We both have this story with with sailing and the, and the shooting we did back then, but we also started now working with a partner of, of RWC, the Italian yacht uh, uh, manufacturer Solaris, um, to create yeah. a boat, what we did last year. And this was a dream project for me to to customize a yacht. But I mean, the, the ultimate would still be to fully design a yacht. I think that's still on my on my list to to come maybe if I, if I find the time. Okay, so um, I have a couple of questions that I wrote down because um, I want to learn about design. I want to learn about, because me personally, 
like we worked together in 2009. We can tell that story. So you approached uh, my agent back in there and we're looking for a person that takes pictures. And um, that was special as well that not an ad agency, but but the brand itself kind of reached out. And uh, I was very young back in there. Like I was way too young to ask. We both were very young. <laughs> oh, we were? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm, uh, but you were pretty clear in what you did. I was not very clear until today. It's been by far the most decided job that, that I've ever done. Like you really had a vision that I did not understand ahead, but I tried to follow what your kind of thoughts in between are. And then at the end, we did this small book or whatever you call it, like a leaflet in S at SCHH. And for the first time, I understood what you were talking about, you know, like the whole day of a Portugueser that starts in the morning and ends in the evening and within there there's different design approaches around that boat around those sport kind of things um, that was very very impressive to me um, but still it's a very very unusual way to work at the end and so I kind of want to find out what like the whole design kind of what makes The product and icon, for example, like you said, IWC is a very iconesque uh, brand. Why? What makes that? No, we have we have a lot of products that that are around uh, for many decades, for many years. Uh, part of these products have been designed be before my time with the brand, and uh, the, these are iconic products that are precious to Adam Schaffhausen. And these are also products like, for example, the Portuguese design or the Palace design that are even icons in the watch industry and and uh, um, are, are regarded as designs that really stand out in the market and and form form the character and the face of the Adam Schaffhausen brand. And for us as designers, this is... Uh, something very very precious and at the same time very challenging to deal with that because as a designer you want to do new things and you still have to respect what you what you find there as brand assets and uh, so to find a combination between what makes the the aesthetic codes of these icons and still introduce some new ideas the the shooting we did back then was a kind of reinvention of the Portuguese. I mean, the, the Portuguese collection before I joined was associated to, to the history and was what was associated to Portugal and to Vasco da Gama and a lot of, lot of very historic uh, um, stories. And we, we wanted to bring a kind of fresh, contemporary, luxury flavor to that. And, and we were shooting on a luxury sailing yacht Of, of modern design and also presented the Portuguese watches not as a as a classic and traditional watch but as a as a modern classic with with design lines that have an incredible modernity despite the fact that this collection is 80 years old and uh, this is what I find fascinating with wor working for IWC that we that we have these icons and these icons have so strong codes that they can can survive the time but it also that they that we have the ability to to reinvent them um every now and then with a new campaign and a new collection but what's the what's the process at IWC itself how do you start designing is it is it more remixing so you take the base and try to do a 
2021 version of it if you're what are you designing right now what's are, are we allowed to talk about this like what's the what's the next big project we are not but uh, as, as you as you know we only have have six collections and yeah. and we move within these six collections and, and relaunch uh, one of them every now and then so so we're launching pilots this year and and so that's all the other five we are working on for the coming years basically okay. and and but the, the process in as such is is that we really want to understand uh, the the essence of the product and and the design codes that is these are codes of the product that we have inherited that we have also also extracted and and that form actually the 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 guiding principle for that design but we also combine that with some new and fresh ideas so this this really makes every new collection that we that we respect the codes of the brand and the product line but but still surprise our customers with with a component that is unexpected be it a new functionality or complication be it a new material or a new color code uh, and and something that that adds to that collection and and also gives a very new perspective on a collection that is already 80 years old how big is the team like do you bring and how different like like is it the same first how big is it how many people are on a design team we we are we are 15 uh, designers at the moment half of them working on the watches the other half on on the other aspects of the brand expression um, but sometimes also when it comes to a new collection like this we also do do workshops all together and and the beauty of that is that it's in a very international design team uh, of of different experience levels and and also very different different design backgrounds i mean a couple of people come from the luxury industry others like me uh, come from from a classic industrial design background there's 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 architects there's interior architects there's people really coming from from graphics or topography, uh, others come from film and animation. We have a guy coming from the film, film and animation industry, and and they bring a very different, bring in different views also to to such a collection in the in the collection campaign, and this this makes the unique formula we we have with an in-house design team in Schaffhausen. Okay, who do you design for? Do you think about the target audience when you're designing, or is it first for yourself? Or what's the quality no, measurement? In, in in fact, we we sometimes work with with personas uh, to to imagine. Okay, this could be the person to wear this and that watch. So that's a quite quite known principle to have to have personas and to develop around personas. But in the end. Um, what we often find is that we that we have to f to to create a personal link with this product. Otherwise, you 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 take yourself back too much as a designer. It, 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 there should be still your own own passion and your own design language in the product to 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 make a difference in the in the end and to uh, to not uh, act as a kind of um, yeah. Um, yeah, to, to to take a not too remote position from the product, so it's always a bit about yourself as a designer, and and designers are very proud and very sensitive people, and sometimes also people that are very difficult to deal with. But 
if you if you lose that and and you stand back too far and say okay that's my job to design for this persona and that's what I deliver then then you're missing that passion that really this personal involvement which really makes an outstanding product in the end and therefore um everyone we have on the team has to love what they're doing not probably every edition not every detail but but uh, you you have this personal link with the product and the brand or you can't be a good designer working with us how, between you and me it's it's secret it's a private conversation <laughs> how good does chris taste like do you design like what's his feedback is it no, are you designing it, it, for him? chris chris obviously has a has a design background and also has has is often very specific feedback i mean he's He's uh, not someone saying, "Okay, I like it or I don't like it." But uh, the 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 good thing is 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 uh, working with someone like Chris that he that he comes comes back and says, "Okay, maybe there's something here in the color code or in the proportion that is that is not working. Can we can we look into a couple of options?" So he he is very specific about the feedback, and this makes it a very pleasant exchange and and. Uh, and a straightforward way of improvement also also working with the designers okay coming out of like i i do did you see my some call it fashion brand i say textile stuff paris my initials i don't know if you saw sure some sure of sure I, i saw it yeah <laughs> so um it's a very different style it's streetwear out of la very loud yeah, and very yeah. colorful but um i sometimes try to follow some sort of Like I, I do follow LA trends, for example. Mm -hmm. Like I go to LA, to downtown LA. I have a couple of uh, stores I go to, which I know they have a great selection of brands. So I see, okay, what's happening right now in LA. And I kind of try to influence that if I like it into my design process of my clothing that I'm selling in Germany like three to five months later. Mm -hmm. Question number one, how long is the time frame? And second, is there something like trends in the watch industry? Do you see something like... Stuff is more bling bling, or do you follow that? Is that influencing your design process at IWC? You know, it, there is definitely trends in the watch industry. I mean, this this is you can clearly observe there. There was a vintage trend for many many years uh, of all the vintage watches popping up, and there was a trend for smaller watches. There was a trend for blue dials, for green dials. But in in the end, uh, this doesn't help us to to work along these trends because we often have very long lead times when it comes to developing new products. I mean, uh, uh, a normal watch when the movement is ready takes around about two years from the first sketch to to market launch, and uh, movement development takes even longer. So. If I if I want to follow the trend of a small movement, so I, I should have started five years ago, uh, <laughs> or I will be five years too late. So um, in, in that sense, uh, I, I I can't go with with trends in in this business and this type of product because I need a need a long term vision. Sometimes also there is there is color aspects that come in in special editions that that is a, a shorter lead time and that we can do. But in in general, I'm not so much influenced by by trends in the in the watch industry. Okay, so you did send me a big pilot, which was not exactly my kind of watch before. But I'm trying to uh, like not I'm trying. I'm starting to love it. The more I wear it, what's happening to that kind of design within the next two years? Like, what's happening to big pilot design wise? Are you going to change that? 
Uh, yeah, the big, big pilot design is a, is a very interesting one because the, the big pilot started as a as a military watch, a watch that was built to technical specifications. So there was not a designer involved as such. So everything on the on the on the original military watches follows the principle form follows function. So you can look at the case, you can look at the oversized crown to be operated with gloves, the very readable dial. The oversized strap to wo- to be worn over the the flight jacket. So every detail had a, had a reason, and um, we moved this design. And, and this was not us, but but also the the f- former RBC director Günther Blümlein into the luxury context. And and suddenly we get into a situation where form equals function because we don't want a pure functional product, but we also want to have a beautiful product. And uh, so this product has changed. And we we even got the big pilot into, into something what, what where we say, okay, this design is in the watch industry since 20 years. And there were so many editions. There were so many variants developed in crazy colors with crazy complications, it is almost like a cultural icon. So something which only hap- which which happens only to very few products and very few brands that they that that they reach this level of becoming a cultural icon where where the product becomes a kind of of, of projection surface for a community of 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 uh, collectors and and aviation watch lovers to, to express their own aesthetic understandings in in special editions with with straps they they add into that with with uh, with 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 watches they they ask us to create and we have to let go a little bit but this this happens without disturbing the the strong aesthetic codes of the original product and this this shows how powerful this icon is and that that level this this product has reached now is big pilot the most like the most popular watch of iwc regarding sales it's, numbers it's, as well it it is not but it's probably one of the most recognized ones it's okay. it's a watch that is very much uh, um, associated with the iwc Schaffhausen brand and also is a, a perfect representation of our brand values when it comes to engineering and, and technical aesthetics and also pure design so it's 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 a perfect product really to transport that. Okay. I want to talk about materials a little bit because you kind of touched it 10 minutes ago because that's probably one of the biggest parts of designing as well the the stuff you use to create watches, right? Not only color coding also the materials itself, right? The materials is very important because they 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 give a special character to the to the product, and we as IWC we have a we have a strong legacy as a material innovator, which really goes back to the eighties. We were pioneers in introducing ceramic watches, titanium watches, and this has already given a certain direction to our uh, innovation activities and developments. And do you? develop those materials like where do you get inspiration for materials yeah, we we have we have a specialist team so we have an in-house materials expert a phd a really scientific guy uh, who who explores new materials also partly together with external developers partly also with universities or or university spin-offs 
And uh, so he is sourcing new materials and also bringing forward material developments. And uh, for the selection of these, we as designers get, get involved. But we have a, we have a strong vision in, in RWC about material uh, developments that we don't believe in, in kind of random new materials. This is what, what is very, very common in the watch industry, that there's, there's a kind of, of competition uh, who introduces the most rare and the most uh, exotic materials. That's not our business as IWC. We, we want to have materials that, A, bring a, a, a technical added value to the product, but also deliver a visual added value to the design. And uh, based on, on our history, we, for example, have a strong focus on, on titanium alloys and, and ceramics, which is really a kind of competence field of IWC, where we not only take the, the history where we, we had this pioneering uh, situation in the 80s, but we have consequently further developed that with different alloys, with different variants we, and applications we introduced over the, over the last decades. And uh, uh, one of the most recent materials, the serotanium, actually combines actually titanium and ceramics in one material that uh, uses uh, the characteristics of titanium and and uh, and ceramics. I love that look of that uh, material. Who came up with that? Like, is, is the guy? You have one guy who created that, right? Yes, uh, exactly. We have one in-house specialist who who uh, finds out all these materials, with, which are sometimes from from external sources. We don't we don't have a kind of foundry ourselves in in uh, IWC where we mix alloys and 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 cast things. But uh, this is really really specialist developments, also partly materials that come from very different product fields that comes from from motorsports or from aviation or from from space industry or from medical products so so all all kinds of of product categories where you where you develop high performance materials that have specific characteristics be it strength be it hardness be it, be it uh, weight Uh, that that are interesting for watches. We are we are scanning these systematically, and every now and then find something that is unique and and where we can get also an exclusivity as as RWC. And what's first, design or material? Uh, I would say definitely uh, material because we uh, the the material is an enormous source of inspiration also for us because you. You can't design a, a material as such, but um, we as designers take inspiration from the characteristics of a material. Because uh, we'll take, a, take the example of the beige ceramics we have on the Mojave Desert editions. That's, that's more than just a beige color. It's more than just a khaki uh, uh, color that, that, that is in that, but it's a specific characteristic that, that inspires Uh, developing a very technical product and 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 other materials and other color schemes to go along with that and to complement this specific material. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about wearability and ergonomics of a watch. What would you say on a design level? What kind of watch should you wear out of a design perspective, and what kind of watch should you wear out of a wearability perspective? 
I think that that variability is key, and and uh, this links maybe to to your your question earlier. We we looked into the big pilot, and we are now launching a new version, which is forty three millimeters, um, and addressing exactly that aspect of accessibility, also for people loving the big pilot design, loving that icon- iconic design, but now finding a variable option. And a variable option, which is not just a kind of size-down version of the actual big pilot, but it's a complementary product with with a new interpretation on the aesthetic codes of the big pilot. Um, the a new dial design, taking inspiration from the historic one with a pure three-hands dial, a beautiful proportioned case with an increased water resistance of 10 bars, with an in-house movement of the latest generation, the Caliber 82, and and for the first time in history, a metal bracelet that comes as a as a as an option on the big pilot, something we were always missing on that iconic product. And and with a quick exchange system and a full range of leather straps and, and rubber straps. So this is this is taking the big pilot to a completely new level. It's not just a sized down big pilot 46, but it's 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 a truly new product, which is which is um slotting in uh, in this collection in a in a very interesting way and and closing uh, a gap we we had in that collection uh, in terms of of size and variability and how did you start that product like who came up with we should do this is it you listening to customers or is it in-house somebody said we should go a little bit smaller sometimes it looks too big on smaller people or what's the reason why do you launch that yeah, that's that's a, a good question because sometimes also things come together. I mean, this we're definitely listening to to our customers and and we we try to get better and better with that. And and uh, the the feedback on the variability is something we hear since a couple of years. And we said, okay, we have to do something about that. The the topic of the metal bracelet is is something which was brought up years ago also in, in conversations with collectors and uh, also the the question for pure three hands dial, which we now introduce is something also coming out of conversations I have with customers and collectors since many many years, so that's that's not something like a. Uh, like a briefing, say okay, we did some research, and then we now do a big pilot forty three, and that's that's actually what we do. No, it's 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 a combination of that. It's where we where we clearly find the need and the opportunity in the collection to to introduce a smaller product, but then uh, all the the comments we have received over the over the past also come into play, where we say, okay, no, if we do that, then we also do the quick exchange system. Now, then we also finally do the metal bracelet, and then this also gives gives room for a complementary design, uh, which is a, is which is a pure three hands dial layout. Christian, I have a, a couple of personal questions. First of all, what's been your best design at IWC? <laughs> it, that's very very tough to say but linking this also to our uh, uh fantastic photo shooting back then definitely the the portuguese yacht club uh generation coming out in 2010 sticks to my mind as one of the first product i designed for the brand and the product that was also uh, completely new to that Portuguese collection and marked a very important step in terms of modernizing that that collection. And uh, we relaunched it f- last year. 
uh, with with a couple of new and fresh ideas. So it, it became already a bit of a of an IWC classic uh, within the last uh, uh, more than, than ten years. It's it's in the market. Yeah, that's been that's been a great, great, great photo shoot. I want to go back to that for a second because it's been by far my best. I, I wouldn't call it work day because we one thing that follows me is luck. Like, do you remember we had to move the boat? There were a couple of things that were hard to kind of uh, yeah, arrange. And so the boat had to be uh, in the Mediterranean at Monaco because mm -hmm. you could not put it. We were thinking about putting it in front of Portugal because of wind, because you were very, very keen on we need this boat to sail. We don't want this boat to cruise around and yeah. have like a nice day we wanted to say we want the real sailing thing and that that kind of like honestly still impresses me how much you guys went for authenticity like the the person we shot was uh can you tell me a little bit more i don't, I don't want to say wrong things the person that was the testimonial who that was And this was Patrice Casnel. Uh, so he was yeah. he was uh, part of the Cousteau people. He he was one of the the captains of one of the Cousteau boats. He sailed with with Jacques Cousteau, and he was the skipper and captain of the Alcyon, which was a very advanced sailing boat, also owned by the Cousteau Society. Uh, yeah, in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, but that was interesting that you choose a person like that. To we didn't want you know, to have like, a. We didn't have, yeah. want to have a model. We want to have a real yeah. sailor, someone yeah. who has who knows what he does. And uh, yeah. no, he, he definitely also enjoyed that shooting and uh, yeah, that was, uh, was a very very yeah authentic representation of of this this mature guy who has that experience and and uh, represents this this confidence. We we also wanted to radiate with uh, with the Portuguese collection. And we we were looking for wind. I kind of joked around saying like, yeah, I've, I am very lucky. I'm really a lucky person. And that was the definition of luck. Like day two, <laughs> the first wind. And do you remember the captain of the boat, Moonbird, telling uh, us like, okay, this boat has probably never been sailed as much with this much wind. <laughs> like it was, it was legit wind. Now we had we had perfect sailing conditions. I yeah. think this was absolutely, uh, yeah, perfect. In, in, in yeah. not too much, not too little, but really like like uh, fantastic cruise sailing uh, under under enormous condition because you you had a big boat, so you need a little bit of wind to to move that. And yeah. I, I still recall that also you did your very best, uh, also hanging from the from the boom, uh, taking some some pictures in exotic angles, and and so you were really uh, going for it. Uh, this yeah. was this was an amazing shooting. We we yeah, flew was... out from from Monaco with a helicopter to to find the boat and to shoot the boat from from the air to have some aerial shots. Uh, so the, the conditions were were unbelievable. Totally, hundred percent. And after that, um, I don't know if I recall the story right, and but it's now the time to talk about it. Like um, I sometimes twitch my stories a little bit. <laughs> like after that, we were still talking a lot. We we you were very involved in the post production process, like the way you color grade the pictures and to to create a whole imagery of different vibes of the Portuguese watches. So um, and then there was the new. I think it was Portofino. And you kind of, I remember it, I recall it that you said like, okay, we have a shooting and, and a photo shoot in, in Portofino and there may be some stars and we kind of want to go black and white. Maybe you're interested in it. And I recall it that I told you like, okay, I'm, I've, I've, 
I'm going to pay you if I can do that. Like That's going to be the <laughs> biggest fun ever. And I do recall it that, that you then, after some calls back and forth, called me and said like, well, Paul, um, I have bad news. Sorry, we went for another photographer, which is usual. You know, like in my job, we always pitch for jobs and you sometimes win, you sometimes lose. But then I saw the pictures and the guy I lost to was Peter Lindbergh. And I was like, yeah. okay, I can, if you lose to Peter Lindbergh, that's, Totally, I can live with that. Uh, do I recall the story right, or or is it totally different? And now almost, you can almost, no, no. But but <laughs> but this is actually a good good example about how how we reinvent ourselves with every launch, with every collection, and and so we go from the sailing to a very different story in in Porto, Portofino, doing a kind of 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 shooting which which celebrates actually the glamorous days of Portofino in the 50s and 60s where the international jet set used to come there and we wanted to do a black and white shooting really to bring this into picture and i mean i really enjoyed working with you on the on the portuguese stuff so yeah so i said okay maybe maybe we can do this together but on the way i mean you know uh, that's the reality the list of talent of international film talent get longer and longer and also These guys have their own own vision and and uh, idea about uh, how such shooting should look like. So and on 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 the way, unfortunately, you got replaced by Peter, and we had a fantastic shooting with him as well. Uh, but but still, you know, I'm a, I'm a passionate sailor, so I will always recall our our sailing shooting uh, in in Monaco as as one of the best uh, best events. I mean, uh, we we really had a lot of fun these days. Yeah, it was great. So um, I recorded a podcast with your boss and I was amazed by the fact like that I lost your watch. You know that now. Like you gave me a watch um, and after 2014, uh, the celebrations of the World Cup and there was a film premiere in Berlin and it was a great night. And that was the last moment I remember, recall having that watch on my wrist. And um, it follows my life for four years uh, looking for that watch. So far, it didn't show up. Did you ever lose a watch? Because Chris told he lost a watch <laughs> jumping on a trampoline in a in Germany we say Schnitzelgrube, whatever the, yeah. the American word, uh, the English word for it is. Did you ever lose a watch? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, working working in this industry for so many years. I mean, in the good old days, we were also transporting watches ourselves, so there's no security. You just would would take them, and nowadays it gets a little bit more formal and and uh, and orchestrated, but. Yeah, for sure. You now and then lose a watch, but uh, luckily I've always found found uh, find more found my watches back. I, I once once had a situation that that uh, the the former CEO of the the Mercedes Formula One team uh, uh, handed me over his watch in in Brackley and I wanted to take it back to the service in Schaffhausen and. And I, I, I was sure I, I gave it to someone, and, and a couple of weeks later, everyone was looking for that watch, and nobody knew where it was. And so we said, okay, maybe someone has lost it. And uh, so I couldn't, I couldn't recall what what exactly happened, but uh, we we got a new new watch for this guy, and uh, so almost forgot about it. And and one almost one year later, I found back this watch in a in a dark dark corner of a bag which was really wrapped in one of these black gloves in a black inner lining of that bag, uh, like in a women's handbag where you have lots of secrets uh, stored for years. And so I found back this this watch, which was a Portuguese yacht club, by the way. 
Okay. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, this 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 happens happens every now and then, but uh, we were always very good in in finding back these watches. Please find my watch sooner back. or like later. It, sooner yeah. or later, <laughs> it it really follows my life. Uh, not not yeah. I'm still waiting for that bag. I'm looking for that bag that where mine is. It, it's impossible that. Uh, but, no, but yeah, the, I moved a couple this, this of times. Is, That's the problem. Yeah, this is but exactly what you said. I mean, you you can replace this watch, but it it will never be yours. Because this is this is a watch where you have your personal memories, and this makes the beauty of of the products we do, and that that people really like their their personal watches. And even if you buy the same model a couple of years later, it's not the watch that that followed your life for for the last couple of years. And we we I mean we, we have a fantastic customer service, and these guys are capable of making your watch look like new if you give it into the service. But we always ask the people, do you want to have the case polished? Do you want all scratches removed? And there's many, many people who explicitly ask, no, please don't remove any scratches. Because this is part of my personal watch. That's part of what I went through together with this watch. And I don't want to lose that memory. Totally right. It's very interesting. Um, I'm... A little nervous over here because I'm not sure how much you know about my storytelling of IWC Big Pilot that I'm working on right now. I'm most nervous. I hope you will like what I'm trying to tell over here. Um, okay. But storytelling is something I thought about like a lot the last five weeks because of all this project I did for you guys. I thought about what my where I am right now at the age of 40. One of the things I found out about that is is probably, I don't know if you call it achievement or, or one of the things I'm most happy about right now at this moment is that I'm truly free in deciding what to do with my time because I'm only telling my own story, you know? Mm -hmm. I was 10 years telling somebody else's story if it's, uh, yeah, hip-hop music or brands or soccer teams or Formula One teams or Formula One drivers or whatever it was I worked for and I kind of switched in the last one and a half years towards my own story. So um, I'm interested in finding out, and that's our reoccurring question as well, for what would you have more time? Like, what would you like to have more time for in your time right now, like at your moment of, of time? Yeah, I would definitely like to sail more. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a passionate sailor, as you know, but I... Uh, um, yeah, my, my family is not so much into sailing, so I would definitely like to spend more time sailing, also uh, seeing good friends, and especially also in, in this current situation. And unfortunately, uh, it's it's very difficult to to find the time and and to do that. But this is this is on top of my list. Yeah, it's very good down here in, in Newport Beach. You can come around. There's a big sailing yeah. community, and there's yeah. good wind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I can invite you. You, whenever you're around. No, ne next next time, organize. definitely, I will pass by. Yeah, thank you, Christian, for this great uh, uh, talk. Um, I learned a lot about watches, and I learned a lot about the design process of it. And what really impresses me is the stories you're creating around a design process. So it's not before I thought like you're designing something, then you're showing it, and then that's it. The process is like way longer trying to tell that story and you do a great job telling stories and I'm, I'm deeply amazed by this thank you very much no it's uh, we, we try to do our best uh, it's not me alone it's it's really a, a team of, of people that that have a great great passion for what they do they really love the brand and and 
uh, yeah, for me, it's, it's amazing to, to, to see how, how far uh, the, the people are willing to go. And, and uh, yeah, my job in the end is also just to, to orchestrate this a little bit and to, uh, um, to channel this into a collection or to, into a story. Yeah. Perfect. Hope to see you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks, Paul. My dear listeners, thanks for your time. If you can't wait for the next episode, or maybe you want to know more about IWC, the unique watches or the heritage of the brand, please check out the website of IWC or find IWC on social their handle is IWC Watches. Other than that, I'd love you to have you guys back for the next episode. If you don't want to miss it, subscribe to this podcast. Then you're never going to miss out on any upcoming episodes. See you later. Thanks for your time.